1: Hello, everybody, and welcome uh, to another brand new spoiler review episode here from the Geek Buddies. Hey! hey. hey. I'm like surprising us all with his Tony Stark glasses, I respected respect her. No, it. these aren't look my Tony Stark glasses. Brother. These
2: are more of my. Uh, these are closer to the aviators that Kamala wears because she tries to look like her hero Carol Danvers. So oh, I didn't point. wear my Starks today. A war right. McCarroll Danvers.
1: <laughs> respect, respect. That is what we're talking about. Episode two of Miss Marvel Crushed. Uh, and we're gonna get into everything that happens here on the show. So much has been going on here now. Into the second episode, we had a nice little first episode that kind of laid the groundwork with everything. Now we're deep into her figuring out her powers. We have to have that montage of a superhero figuring out their powers getting a first crush we're hearing about the partition and how that a real life thing that happened in india and how it's affect. how it affected both indian and pakistani people here we're hearing how it affected her family we're getting more knowledge about the heritage of these bands or at least being alluded to the heritage of these bands and more with that department that still can't win me over getting involved in this as well so there's so much to dive into and talk about <laughs> but let's introduce ourselves first i'm the outlaw john roca writer producer and host here on the outlaw nation and the geek buddies mike
2: I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies and apparently easier on bad guys on Disney Plus shows than John Rocha is. <laughs> <laughs> Shit
3: and this is Shannon McClung I'm an animation writer and a television actor and also uh, yeah I, I guess I'm kind of with Vogel I, I like the Department of Damage Control thus oh. far despite the fact that uh, in the first episode uh, Lisa Reiner's performance was not my favorite
1: yeah you've made that you made that very clear I hope Lisa doesn't watch the
3: show for God's sakes we'll
1: have to work on some damage control in my opinion on the Department <laughs> of Damage Control hello come on now. come on now get it going but yeah we're gonna get into all of it so this is a spoiler review show if you haven't watched the episode please go and watch. Watch the episode and come on back and hang out with us. And before we jump into it, just giving us some love also to Carbon Health, who powers and sponsors us here on the Geek Buddies in the Outlaw Nation. Carbon Health, go and visit them for any of your healthcare needs, questions, or concerns. Uh, CarbonHealth.com. They've got an app as well that you can download if you're on the run, things are going on. You can check to see if anything happens with you. You can check to see if they've got a clinic near you or if they can help you virtually with any concerns or questions you might have. Go and visit them, 100-plus loca- hundred locations rather all over the country, 50-plus locations, California alone, carbonhealth.com. Uh, go and visit them. All right. Uh, I, I uh,
3: actually went to Carbon Health last week. Get out of here. How did that go? Was that a good uh, experience? Yeah. I mean, I had, yeah. I had at, at my job, I had a potential COVID exposure, so oh. I had to isolate, and then I had to take a test. And so- carbon health is right down the street from me so i walked up i was in and out in about five minutes and i got my results just over 24 hours later
1: yeah that's great well that's see that's fantastic see so great healthcare should always be convenient
2: and accessible No matter who you are. Go ahead. Shannon's leaving. Shannon's leaving out the part where he walked in and said, do you know who I am? (laughs) (laughs) I am Shannon McClung, the Geek Buddy, and I am here for my test. Uh, Please show me the light blue carpet where I'm going for the Geek
3: Buddies. (laughs) I I was wearing a pair of aviator sunglasses. I ripped them off and said, do you know who I am? And they said, no, we don't, sir. You have a mask on. That's the policy right now at (laughs) (laughs) Carpenter. Yeah, look, we
1: continue to partner with Carbon Health because they genuinely care about positive communities who engage with each other over the love of culture and expressions of life. And certainly we're seeing online a lot of positivity around Ms. Marvel, you know, other than the review bombing nonsense. But everything else, people actually having a legitimate discourse about this, it's been overall positive. So let's jump into the second episode, Mike. It's called Crushed. As I mentioned, all the things that happened here, and there's more that happened in the episode as well. We'll get to. But what's your feelings coming out of episode two of Ms.
2: Marvel? I thought they crushed it. (laughs) <laughs> it was great. Uh, no, it's, it's, I uh, was talking to some friends of mine uh, this weekend about it, and it has quickly gone up the list of Disney plus show, Disney plus Marvel shows for me. Uh, it's currently sitting right behind WandaVision and Hawkeye. And I told Ooh, somebody that if wow. it keeps going at the rate that it's going, it will definitely leapfrog Hawkeye and might even be a contender to go up against WandaVision. That Ooh. is how much I am enjoying this show now. Anybody who listens to our weekly show knows I'm already a fan of Miss Marvel. Like, I'm a huge fan of Kamala Khan in the comics. I love her comic. I love her on The Avengers. I just love her in the Marvel Universe. So, as I said in week one review, like, I am, I was mostly relieved with week one that we right. got a show that really felt like it captured the spirit of what Miss Marvel and Kamala Khan was. Um, And then with this week kind of continuing that story and also seeing where it's diverging and some of the new mysteries and how they're taking elements of the comic, but kind of retooling it for the MCU, (laughs) I think they're doing a great job. I was super, super into it. I'm super curious to see where some of these things are going Um, and the show continues to be charming as hell uh, and great.
1: Yeah, the joy of this show is that, you know, I rewatched it for a third time this morning, getting ready for our review, and she is just, Amon Vellani is just so charming, so absolutely charming, so effortlessly charming in the role that rewatching it, uh, even a third time, you're just caught up in what she's going through, and you may know what's coming, But it's the charm of her that keeps you just kind of enjoying it. And the surrounding actors as well. I feel like you've got a nice bit of chemistry going on with everybody. And like you, Mike, I'm looking forward now after the uh, cliffhanger, shall we say, of the end of this episode, what we're going to be getting uh, in the subsequent episodes that are going to come here. Uh, Shannon, thoughts overall on the second episode of Ms. Marvel? What stood out for you? What really worked for you? Uh, What what are you overall feeling now in this series as you're coming out episode two?
3: I mean, the thing that kind of struck me as, as I was watching the second episode was, oh, this is the first time on Disney Plus we're getting a legit origin story for a hero. Oh, and yeah, okay. something that they're doing really, really well, and I feel like this started back with Batman Begins in 2005, when the hero out of the suit is just as interesting.
0: Mm. and
3: that's something they're doing really really great right now like now obviously when she puts on her her sort of budget captain marvel suit it's it's funny um but as a character kamala khan is just wonderful to watch i mean mm-hmm. you get they're, they're doing such a good job at laying the groundwork for her for all aspects of her life you know this this uh episode we got a scene in uh, in the mosque which you know who knew we were going to get that yeah. um john with, uh... <laughs> sorry about that. i didn't We're reveal gonna... <laughs> what
1: happened in the mosque
3: <laughs> but we got an intro we got we got her point of view about the way the way women are kind of treated mm-hmm. and you know we get to know nakia a little bit better i was like oh this is the second nakia we have in the mcu which i think is funny oh yeah um yeah. you know with la nyongo yeah. and black panther um nice. but yeah i mean watching her with cameron watching her with her brother watching her big hero moment and poor, poor Bruno. No. Um, you, you know, I mean, every aspect of the show that they're giving us, um, I'm just really, really into. And the mystery of the band or the bangle continues to deepen. Like yeah. it's so having changed her powers and making some, making it something that could be a little alien, definitely familial. Um, it's really, really fun to watch. I mean, it's the type of show, because again, I don't know, A ton about Miss Marvel. I haven't read the book. I've watched her in a lot of um, Marvel animated stuff, Um, but but I just don't know where it's going, and I think as an audience member, that's a great place to be.
1: Yeah, you know, the reason they can just give you just a little bit of the bangle and, and keep you on the hook on that is because, as you said, Shannon here, they are really giving you a very full life in this character, so there's so much going on that that grabs your attention and that you're interested in to see how it all is going to play out that it keeps you kind of on the hook and then the bangle just kind of adds to it so they can take their time laying that mystery down through the series so that's I agree with you 100% they're doing such a great job both with her inside and outside the costume making that life uh, be very full and rich and interesting for sure so let's jump into that mike let's start first there with uh, uh kamala kamala and uh, uh what she went through here in this episode we see her walking through the door to high school and she's feeling it. you know she's doing the bit bop i mean some of us you have that one day where everything's just kind of working and you feel kind of like all the other stuff that was bothering you before isn't bothering you, and you see her kind of swaggering through the high school, which is really nice. And then we hear, you know, Bruno comes in, and we hear Zoe taking the attention away from what she felt <laughs> she was going to be getting here. We see Bruno coming up as well, and then and Anakia comes up, and they have this discussion about a party. And then Cameron is there, and comron gets invited to the party after they weren't going to go. Now they're going. And then she sees him at the party, starts the crush. You know, we see the fire emojis and all those num- 100 numbers coming around him. Then she has the vision and we see the texts on the sheets. And then, you know, she's drawing the vision, but then we see her powers coming out on her nose and her hands, trying to control it. We see her going through the montage of figuring out her powers. And as this goes along, we see her kind of pushing Nakia to go and run for the board at the mosque. And then we go to the festival and she's kind of campaigning for her, but then she's hearing more about her great about a grandmother and a great grandmother hearing all the stories here about it and seeing visions of this woman coming out and reaching for her she tries to save the kid she does eventually save the kid but also the visions show up again and then she's picked up by Cameron and her mother who says she's been waiting to meet her so there's so much she went through in this uh, in this episode talking about how you felt uh, her journey went through the episode and how you feel the characters coming along uh, so far Thank
2: in the series you. You just did a synopsis of the entire episode. So, no, that's her part. That's the her highlights. Highlights. <laughs> There's more to go. More to go. Um, no, I thought, look, I thought it was, I thought her journey through this episode was really, really great. I did really enjoy, you know, I think that. A lot of times when you play the kid who doesn't fit in at high school and is bullied or whatever, you know, you have all these other characters that are like these cliched, uh, stereotypical, douchey high school characters. And I think what they did that was really nice with kind of the scene in the first episode where she was walking through the hallway and then this scene at the beginning of this episode is... It was really her attitude about herself. Like she was kind of in a not the best, not the best, best place in the first episode in feeling that she really fit in and feeling that she was fully who she wanted to be. And so you had all of these moments where the guy with the basketball came at her or the coach got her name wrong or those two girls that wouldn't get out of the way. And then in this episode, it wasn't that those people all of a sudden drastically changed. It's just her outlook on life changed. And yeah. all of a sudden, she could handle anything and everybody responded to her in a different way, which I thought was really kind of cute and nice and fun. And again, she is so charming that she sold the whole thing. Like, it was yeah. great. Um yeah, watching the Zoe stuff was very funny. I mean, Zoe sort of just like all of the. I just felt so safe and secure, and I just felt so. And you're just like, oh my god, like that is not how this went down at all. But sure, okay, <laughs> okay, okay, girl. Um, and Comron, the introduction, the introduction of Comron was great, and just the funniness of we're not going to that party. He gets invited. I really think we should go to that party. Like it was just all really great. Uh, high school stuff. I really do like all the nods to the comic. So, like, when yeah. they went to the party, um, Kamala's wearing that, that hat that she wears in the comic book. And that whole scene where the guy gives her the drink and says, you know, she's is there alcohol in this? It's just yeah. orange juice, a little bit of vodka. It's almost word for word from the comic book. And they do that a lot in the series. Um, her and Nakia in the mosque. Like, there's just a bunch of places where you can put up what was on screen right next to the shot in the comic book. And mm-hmm. it's literally verbatim. So, as much as they're doing things to uh change things about her origin and making some changes in the series they're really being very very close to the series in other ways which i think is really really nice um i loved the montage sequence of her and bruno it was just super cute and well done i loved the little um silly, cute nod to Infinity War and Endgame uh, and, uh, and uh, Black Widow hanging off the ledge. Yeah. She's like, you have to let me go. You have to let me go. But she was really just two feet down. So that was really, really cute. Yeah. And... Um, everything with comron really worked i mean when you have this whole like oh we're going to introduce the hot guy and we're mm-hmm. instantly going to have this attraction and whatever something about the specificity and the way they handled it all and him being as charming as he was yeah. just really sold it like that whole scene with them um at the restaurant when um amir came in with his fiancé, like they were just so cute and adorable so you're really like rooting for them and if you are reading the comics and you know where things go with that version of kamran you're like oh i feel really conflicted because he's really cute and charming and i (laughs) hope he's not bad um and so really just seeing her now who's reading
1: ahead now who's reading ahead but okay
2: i didn't i didn't i I don't know what he's gonna be i can tell you what happens in the comics okay you can touch on that and compare and contrast but we'll see where he goes here (laughs) Um, but I do think that like even the whole scene with her doing her big rescue, you know, what I mean, like yeah. saving saving the dumb kid who does something stupid is like superhero 101. We've seen this time and again in different origin stories. Yeah. But again, just the weird specificity of her being like, hey, what do you like? And him being like, I like ice cream pizza. And she's like, that's really gross. <laughs> like even the rescue moment was really cute and fun. And then leading up to her kind of getting away. And so as all that's going on and then really, I think this show really does shine kind of like what you guys were saying is that her family life is almost as interesting uh, as her superhero life, even if this wasn't a superhero show. So the whole scene where they're around the table talking about partition, something that most of us know very, very little about, Mm -hmm. and kind of getting a little bit of a mini history lesson on that and seeing how it ties in to this mystery about her great grandmother, her talking to the Illuminantes, Um, at the festival about her great-grandmother and again this is an area where whether you read the comics or not this is a really interesting space because this is not what her origin is in the comics Mm. and so kind of seeing where they're taking the story of partition and her great-grandma which is from the comics but wrapping it into the bangle and wrapping it into her origin like I think they're doing a really nice job again of taking what was there and what worked in the comics and then tweaking it for the MCU in a really interesting way.
1: Yeah, uh, Shannon, uh, Mike some, makes some excellent points here about how they're handling her, herit- her origin story, rather. And then, of course, going back in time to her family's heritage, how this is going to be connected with the bands that she has. And, you know, she has that moment with, uh, with Bruno where she says there's some writing on here. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, so, they're not, I think she thinks it's Arabic or something. So, she's not sure what the writing is. And then we see her figuring out how to use her powers, but also like we're seeing a teenage girl here. I think this is also a really powerful element in this that all of us can connect to in some way as a, having been teenagers. We know what it, a majority of us know what it's like to not fit in and not be the cool kid in high school and whatever. And then, yeah, Michael says, like, it's her attitude, and they have that interaction, her and Naki in the bathroom where she says, you know, me putting this on, it's I. at first I did it to kind of prove something to you, but then I realized this is who I actually am. And so it became not about proving things. So we're seeing her like slowly figuring out how to find her confidence. Amidst all the joy and charm with her friends, she needs to find her voice. She needs to find her power, strength. And so certainly that's something we can all connect to, uh, uh, having been through an experience like that in our own lives. So what did you think about how they handled her journey through this uh, particular episode and her growing um usage of her powers
3: i mean i love the montage sequence i mean and you know I'll, especially uh sort of in the silver age of comics uh, marvel and dc kind of had their their equivalent characters yeah and now we're seeing that the mcu miss marvel the moment she said hard light and i'm like oh okay so she is <laughs> she, she is uh the mcu's green lantern copy yeah. that um which i think works i mean it's 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 different enough and it's, again, tying it into her family's history, uh, I think really works. I mean, again, she continues to be so funny and so charming. I love the, the uh, Paul Rudd joke where she said, you know, she and Ant-Man, they both look a lot younger than they are. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's really fun. That's, that's, that's really funny. Um, watching her through each different aspect of her life, like watching like she's about to get caught talking to a boy in front of her brother right, and how she handles that. I mean, the, the teenage embarrassment that she is playing to me, it comes off as so authentic Mm. because again, you know, we talked about the (laughs) James Vanderbeek last week, like a lot of times in real life, teenage embarrassment, it is not so over the, it is not, Oh, it's my life. It is. You're kind of laughing and you, you can't really get the words out. And I think that's where she Her performance is just so honest and that's what's really, really working for it. Uh, And yeah, I mean, when she goes to save the kid, which was a great that was a great hero sequence for a teenage hero. Right. That it's it's a a small kid who's goofing off and she then has to go and save them Mm. and how much they were able to get in that sequence that she's becoming more comfortable with her powers but now she has the X factor of having somebody else there with her. You have that sort of uh, cosmic flashback. Mm-hmm. And, and then you also have her humor talking about the ice cream pizza. I mean, I love how much they're injecting social media into this because for teenagers, for kids, that is a huge, huge thing. I mean, how memes come out right away. Mm-hmm. So I, I love where they're taking her. And I'm really, really curious um, where the next episode is going to lead. I mean, cause I mean, I think the first two episodes it's the groundwork and it's yeah. incredibly entertaining and satisfying, but the world is about to get a little bit bigger. Yeah. And it's, that's a journey. I'm really, uh, I'm really excited to, uh, to see
1: yeah let's let's move on to that now, yeah I, I love the way they handle this just to throw in my two cents i love the way they handled the the progression of her character through this uh, particular episode mm-hmm. i like this episode actually more than the first episode i really felt like it was a little more confident a little more lived in and maybe that's because uh she is more confident a little more lived in here by the time we get to the events here in the second episode love that she has the all of us have had that interaction with our mom or like sorry i kind of hurt your feelings you know you have that moment and you're hoping you know but this is maybe not the best time to ask but there's a party can i go is it okay i'm sorry you know those kinds of moments all of us have had it so these real real they drop into these real teenage moments amidst all the madness that she's kind of dealing with and as i said i go back to that conversation with nakia with her talking about how everything's happening so fast and she's having trouble keeping uh, uh, keeping control of it and certainly that's certainly a big thing when you're a teenager and certainly it still happens as you get older in life it's different stages life is a video game every decade is a new is a new level that you have to kind of navigate and negotiate negotiate and it feels like it's overwhelming every single time and so those those things that I think are really powerful with her but then seeing her kind of drop into this uh, uh, these conversations with comrade you can see first love first crush you know, having these conversations, bonding over Bollywood stuff, bonding over their shared uh, opinions about music, bonding over their parents' love of certain things that they don't love. And, and we even get the Bon Jovi stuff that we're watching from a distance here, with the, which I think is a really nice element, which we'll get to. Um, yeah. So overall, and then her using her powers and figuring it out and, sh- you know, her natural ability to care for people comes out as she's talking to that kid and she figures out how to kind of talk with them. Mike, you've done the, you, you you know, you told us many times how you studied that in, it was at high school where you studied how to kind of conflict negotiation, conflict, so you see those tools kind of coming in for her naturally with that. Yeah, I was uh,
2: I was a teenager. I was a teenager in high school, go. did a little peer counseling here and there. I can tell you about it sometime. It was uh, <laughs> it was intense, it was intense, it was rough, but we made it through. That's right. And the cuteness of naming all the groups, you know, which
1: makes it a little more universal for people to kind of maybe connect to and, and we'll get, we'll get to that let's deal with the triangle shannon i go back to you on this comron poor bruno who try, who tries to jump into that conversation in the car between them when he senses that she is moving on you know bruno's been confronted with the fact that he could get into caltech and although the the principal is a little weird with some of his analogy and shout out to bruno doing his back to the future reference um overall we're sensing bruno doesn't want to go enjoys helping uh uh, um uh, kamala and so for me i'm i'm in a weird place right now because i I, the cameron thing which uh, a cameron thing which michael is alluding to might lead to something evil but the bruno decision doesn't seem to be like the right decision right now either he doesn't necessarily seem like the romantic partner for her so uh what do you think about how they set up this triangle and how it worked as, as the episode went along
3: I think, I think it's a perfectly natural, perfectly natural mm. love triangle. Okay. Um, I think, could she have feelings for Bruno? Maybe, maybe, but I think first and foremost, she views him as what he is. He's her, he's one of her best friends. Yeah. And also I think growing up in, in particular cultures, I mean, even though she's kind of pushing back on some aspects, in particular cultures, your parents are very clear about who you can date and who you can't, Not true. and somebody like Bruno Even though they love Bruno, that they he might not necessarily be the guy that they see. She sees a guy like Cameron, who does have a similar uh, uh, history. Um, She sees that as someone that she's obviously attracted to because he's a handsome young man. He's he's charming. But also, this is someone mom and dad, I wouldn't have to have a fight about this with mom and dad. Um, maybe at the beginning because she she thinks her brother's going to think it's inappropriate that she's, you know, having a, some one on one time with a boy, but oh, watching but
1: that could also be privacy, right? I mean, she doesn't want to tell him about
3: it because she oh, will sure. have this a little bit too. Yeah. Sure, sure. But watching Bruno through the whole thing, when when Cameron calls him oh. Brian,
2: oh my God, <laughs> which was on purpose. <laughs> which was, I mean, but like, but equally, but equally as good, if not better, than was Nakia being like, "Oh, is Brian sad? <laughs> Brian, Brian, feel bad?" And he's like, "You know, that's not my name." <laughs>
3: um, but I mean, Bruno getting this opportunity to go and go to go to college early or for the summer have everything taken care of and as a teenager not necessarily wanting it because the thing that he wants is at home so everything i think they're just playing the kids because i mean that's that's how i view them like they're they're teenagers they're kids um everything how they're playing with the kids again is just so so real and so believable and I don't know. I mean, I don't want to ask Vogel how things turn out in the comics because obviously the show is it's kind of forging its own path, but I'm very, very curious how this whole thing ends up. But, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, I had guys,
2: I had some guys texting me yesterday. They're like, is Bruno go evil? Does Bruno go bad? Is Bruno great? Is Bruno good? Does Bruno become a hero? Tell me about Bruno. And I'm like, I'm, we don't talk about Bruno. I'm not telling you anything. <laughs> I'm not telling you anything. But whether or not
3: the show goes on for another season, if Kamala Khan is just in the movies from here on in. Um, I love the the, the Miss Marvel universe that they are building around her. And even yeah, though she yeah. is going to be a, a player in some bigger things, I hope that when that happens, we don't lose her universe either because everything in it is really, really enjoyable.
1: Yeah. Like uh, t- thoughts on the triangle and how they've set this up. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we have the moment where he comes out of the pool, but also, uh, and Nakia has feelings for it. I mean, Nakia's is pretty, you know, she's got a little thirst going on as well when they're standing there looking at him so how this all plays out and then at the end ending up in the car with her and her his mom so a little more sinister approach to this possibly by the end of the episode so how do you think they set up this triangle and the interactions with them because we do have even that moment with him her and bruno where she's trying out her powers a little bit later on in the episode and he she kind of supposedly saves him but he's like down on the ground and it looks like a little bit like there might be a moment but then the moment doesn't happen so what did you think about all of this in the triangle
2: well, I mean, first off, I wanna agree with what Shannon just said at the mm-hmm. end there about one of the things that I think is great about the Miss Marvel comic and what's what the show is doing really great is that the entire cast is wonderful. Yeah. Like, like, yes, we are all excited that Miss Marvel is gonna be in Marvels in the Captain Marvel sequel. But like, I wanna see Bruno and Nakia and mm-hmm. Amir and Kamala's parent Kamala's parents. Like, I wanna see all of them in the MCU. I wanna to go to see a movie and I wanna cut to Kamala's house and have her parents being ridiculous because they're so adorable. So I think they're doing a really, really good job with that. Um, I will say in the comics, and I don't think this, this doesn't give anything away about Bruno's journey, but in the comics, um, he doesn't go off to Caltech for a while, but he does go to Wakanda for a while. Like they do kind of play some of those similar things. And Bruno is smart enough that he can kind of go anywhere he wants. Like he's really, really good at what he does. He does more than just uh, make some photon gloves for Kamala. But I think they're doing a great job. I mean, this is classic. You have your best friend slash kind of nerdy guy. And then you have the super, super sexy, charming guy. And like Shannon said, in this case specifically, the super sexy, charming guy understands your life in a way that a lot of your friends don't because they're outsiders. Like every conversation they have about bollywood directors um nice fun little easter egg nod to kingo from eternals in there as well but like you know like all of these little moments where they're having this like we instantly get each other um, even when he sa- she, when she says, you know, she refers to her mom, I think is ama. I forget. I forget the exact word in, uh, that, that she uses, but she uses the word and then she goes, oh, that means mom. And Kamran's like, no, I know what the word means. And all those little moments are there to show that like he gets her in a way that Bruno could never quite be there. So he represents something that's very, very tempting. Given the end of the episode and given where Kamran is likely to go, yeah. that is going to be Kind of sad for her maybe down the road we're gonna see but uh but i mean i think that for right now it's the perfect high school triangle
1: yeah yeah how many of, how many times have our crushes turned out to be evil villains well it does happen so you never know
0: uh, uh, we'll <laughs> i can tell you
1: i can tell you some stories <laughs> we'll see well let's move on to the um let's move on to the, well let me let me throw in real quick and just say that i do like it it feels very natural and the chemistry between both of them feels very natural as well you know sometimes you can cast an actor just because he's good looking he or she is good looking it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to have chemistry with the with the main actor actress and i like that they po- chose someone here who does you know and they have an easy back and forth and you know even when bruno tries to stop her from going in the cars like hey let's go training aren't we going to do this today and everyone's been that best friend right i mean if you ever see just friends it's all that's the whole movie is all about that we've all had that one person we have a crush on but they only ever see us as a friend and so you try you you know you try to maybe change their mind by you know getting into the stuff they get into talking to them more but you know in the end if it's not organically there it's not organically there so watching him struggle bruno throughout this episode i could sense uh bruno's pain for sure but i also understand the situation especially when he's jabbing his head in the middle of both of them in the car saying like hey i watch uh, bollywood movies too i can talk about it and even Cameron's like uh, yeah great thanks uh, that's really cool so you know we're seeing the i like it the way i like the way they're laying the groundwork here between them all uh, perfectly so uh, but let's jump on to let's jump into the the bands here uh, michael i go to you on this i mean so much connected to her heritage we hear um you know the conversations about uh, the partition and then what happened to uh, to her mom's mom and the experiences they had and the great-grandmother as well and we hear about um, how someone followed the stars to her father how her mom's mom followed the stars to her father a little illusion to possibly there's more here with these bands we see when that story is told we see the woman come out in a flash of smoke from the kitchen and it's gone and then we see that woman appear again when she's saving the kid and the bands, as I said, they, they think something's written on them. We see the the powers coming through her nose, through her hands, which they saw a very funny uh, tampon pads moment, I think, between them, which uh, probably made a bunch of dudes uncomfortable. But that's real life. Uh, and I and I want to <laughs> know: Do you like do you like the way they're setting the mystery here? And what do you think we're going to be getting as the overall mystery of these bands?
2: Yeah. Well, so like I think let's take a step back and just really, sure. really quickly. So if you have not read the comics. Uh, in the comic books, Miss Marvel is an Inhuman, and the Inhumans in the comics are kind of mutant-esque. They're not mutants; they're different. But Inhumans uh, were a race of are a race of humans that were uh, descended from humans that were altered and experimented on by the Kree, the aliens from the Captain Marvel movie. Probably yep. not, you know. Probably important, um, but the Kree experimented on humans, gave them these latent genes, and if they're exposed to the Terrigen Mists, this kind of smoky substance, a human with the Inhuman gene will like sort of go into a pod and then come out with superpowers. So that's what happens to Miss Marvel in the comics. Um, Spoiler, because it's not going to be an issue in the show, Um, Kamran in the comics is also an Inhuman. Mm. And when he comes to find Kamala, uh, it's because, hey, you're an Inhuman, I'm an Inhuman, we should be Inhumans together. So that's kind of her origin in the comics. Separately in the comics, the entire story that they tell about um, Kamala's grandmother being a little girl and her great-grandmother getting them out during partition – all accurate and even there's a mention of seeing like as they were kind of getting out of uh Bombay, seeing a shooting star in the sky and thinking they were blessed by the stars. So even the story that they tell sort of has a basis in the comics. Yeah. The Bengal, totally new thing, totally oh, made really? for the series. Okay. Yeah. Now, the bangles interesting because a lot of people are talking about uh, in the Marvel Universe, there's the uh, there's the quantum bands, yeah. which are an ancient alien artifact that are given to people to give them great powers. There's also the nega bands, um, which were powerful relics of I wrote it down, the Kree Empire yeah. um, that can save you to the negative to the negative zone. So, like, I think that however this is all going whatever these bands are you know we watch the ten rings uh shang chi and the ten rings you have carol danvers there at the end talking about this they're 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 pinging some alien artifacts so we know we had the ten rings that are kind of an alien artifact Mm -hmm. now we have miss marvel's bangle that also seems to be some kind of artifact potentially alien in nature and so it seems like they're just jumping over the inhumans part because we don't have inhumans in the MCU, but potentially this is going to be tying back to the Cree in some way, which is also where Carol Danvers came from, Um, you know, Annette Bening being sort of the supreme intelligence of the Cree empire. So like, I think it's really interesting the way they're taking all of this and kind of leading it down this road and taking the story of partition and her great grandmother and wrapping it into it. So it now seems like her great grandmother Either had this artifact. Maybe her great grandmother was Cree. Yeah. Uh, you know, like there, there's there. I think they're gonna take things and make her maybe a little bit closer to Miss Mar to Captain Marvel's origin yeah. than she was in the comics potentially. So I think it's all really, really interesting. You know, a lot of people aren't sure. It seems right now, based on what we saw in the car at the end of the series, mm-hmm. is Kamran's mom. uh, Kamala's great grandmother? Like, are do they just not age? Is Kamran really her great uncle? That's super creepy. It is because, like, it's the same actress. Like, she sees in the vision. Like, when they're talking about partition, and she sees that vision, and that actress is standing there holding out her hand, and you hear the train. And then same thing when she's about up up on the roof saving the kid and then we see that same actress in the car now is this person a shapeshifter is she taking on the form of kamala's great-grandmother is it a completely separate character and the vision doesn't mean what we think it means so there's a lot of questions there but as opposed to some other series that we reviewed recently um where you're kind of like all right well we've kind of already figured this out. We're two steps ahead of you. We would like you to get there. Yeah. This is kind of wide open. We're like, there's a lot of stuff that they're giving us, but I think when they all wrap it up together and it kind of like gets that little nice MCU bow on it, I think it's going to be really cool. Not only how it kind of resets Kamala's origin, but also how it potentially really ties into Carol Danvers, her story, the Cree, the Supreme intelligence. I kind of feel like there's going to be a lot of that. I could be wrong, but it yeah. does seem like that seems to be where they're headed.
1: I also think it's kind of genius too, because it's working on a really s- subtle level in this whole idea of like, when you hear, when they're at the festival and later at that night, and you uh, see uh, uh, Kamala talking to um, the other aunties, so to say the Illuminantes and I Illuminantes for,
2: is the best word ever created. And I, mean, I can't you're not get wrong. over it.
1: You're not wrong. It's fantastic. But like what they start talking about, uh, Aisha, the great grandmother, and saying how she was called the snake and had many affairs and had the secret family. She killed a man during the partition. So there's all these ideas and and um, uh, legends or, or gossip being thrown about. And you kind of can, can, can connect to this on a certain level in that. Now it seems like in the world of the MCU, it's okay to be a superhero. You get accepted a little bit more, you know, with Kingo, the Eternals, all of it. So you're seeing that there's more of an acceptance. Back then, being a superhero could cause people to see your powers as evil or see you as a negative. No different than back then. Being a person of color, being an LGBTQ person, all these things see it could be seen and, and portrayed in such a negative way. We're supposedly a more accepting society, so there are you know parallels that you can make in symbol, in sim- symbolic ways to how they're portraying this uh, situation with the great grandma So what was she really? And what are the motivations, you know? And so also, I'm very interested. Yeah. I think you're a
2: hundred percent right. There's two ways to sort of slice this one. And I am mean, it's going to yeah. be interesting to see one is exactly what you said. Um, Her great grandmother was a hero, made sacrifices, but it was outside of what was culturally appropriate at the yes. time for a woman or for any, or, you know, like that, yeah. so that yes. they, that she was looked at as a snake, as a right. villain, as an embarrassment and brought shame to the family. Also, that woman sitting in the back of that car at the end doesn't necessarily look like a hero could go down a bad road. Also, is this someone who used this power and did do bad things or did things that she thought was right, Right. but got carried away. And is this going to be someone that Kamala has to face off against? Like, you know, like, is this someone where like I chose to use this power in this way because society did this, the British did this, this is what was happening during partition. I've gone down this road. Um, But now, Kamala's like, well, I don't believe in that and has to fight against her. It could go either way. It could also be a blend of both. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Shannon, what are your thoughts on how they're handling the bands and how they're laying the mystery of this and, and how her powers were used throughout the episode? And then, of course, get hearing more stories about how this could be connected to generations in the past, her uh, descendant or her uh, ancestors, rather, in the past here, how these bands could be even older than we initially might think.
3: Well, I mean, I think it was either during the montage or pre-montage. Yeah. Bruno said to her, like, looking at some sort of scientific readout, basically saying, what, whatever you're doing was already in there.
0: Yeah, like, right. the,
3: the bangle is, is sort of releasing it. Yeah. So I think they are kind of skewing closer to her Inhumans comics yeah. backstory yeah. Yeah. than we originally thought. Like, yeah, it, it just seemed like, oh, was, okay, yeah. the bangle, that gives you powers. Yeah. But it's like, oh, okay, that's sort of just the conduit to to let those powers out and the fact that like when she had that that you know memory that flash it's like okay are was that something that comron's mom actively did or yeah. is that something else in the band does it hold sort of genetic memories i mean these are all oh, super super cool i mean mm-hmm. the, you know that it's it's very uh, assassin's creed um that you know you, you guy hops into a thing and you're able to access these memories so i mean so uh, yeah i just that, that part the whole mystery of it is is super super cool and something else that i like about the show and this isn't necessarily like all oh, this about the story but the introduction of things that we in western society don't traditionally know that much about like yeah, the yeah. great partition yeah um because i knew there was something about how pakistan was was created yeah. and so going finishing the episode the first time um I, the first thing i did was looked up kamran and i'm kind of like oh okay so this is where he's probably going um but then i also looked up the great partition and mm-hmm. like it's like what i did after the first episode when they were using sort of you know it, islamic terms yeah and i'm like i don't know what that means what does this mean um so that's something that i think the show for the audience is doing really really well is introducing these um this history that we don't necessarily know that much about and it's sort of if if it's having the effect on anyone else the way it's having the what uh what it's having on me yeah. um i, I think it, it it hopefully is broadening people's horizons a little bit now i know i'm kind of getting off the bangle
2: here well uh, that was the um, next
1: uh, section i was going to talk about so you know if you want to wrap up the bangle stuff and keep going on this well, why don't you uh, focus we, on the
2: bangle right now and let john do it the way he wants shannon no no i don't care <laughs>
1: because shannon said he was going off the bank yeah. well if you're done with the bangle and you want to go into the section great let's go because that's where we're going to go next anyway so yeah
3: yeah we're i mean on. that kind of that was leading me to the mosque i don't yeah, know what yeah, yeah. was, i was just going to that... ask you guys about that yeah go ahead so the really interesting thing about the mosque is again uh the way uh at least the way i was brought up um we don't we're not exposed we're not very exposed to other people's cultures right. and when they are first introduced, they're, at first glance, they're so different. And I think that for a lot of folks, that can be scary. Hmm. And then watching the youth of the mosque, watching the two girls uh, take selfies during, during the prayers, during the lectures. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is just like when I was a kid at church. Um, So I think it's so, I think it's so helpful, especially for, for, um, for the younger audience maybe, but maybe everybody in the audience to be like hey we're all we, we are all way more similar than than some folks would like us to be, would like us to believe right. and watching all of the individual groups at the mosque like the illuminantes which agreed fantastic name but the mosque bros the yeah. converts or the reconverts like it was so i i think that's what's making the show so appealing is The journey of a young hero is always fun to watch if it's done well, but getting all of this, I think you said it earlier, John, like this very full life, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this very lived in world that um, really makes the show um, such an enjoyable experience because you're getting to watch this, this hero come into her own, but you're also getting exposed to Things that you know you might not necessarily be exposed to that much, and it's really enjoyable to. to uh, it's really enjoyable as an audience member.
1: Yeah, who knew you could write characters and actually give them full lives when they appear on the screen? God forbid! What a groundbreaking <laughs> fucking thing to do in a show when you're presenting characters uh you know,
3: <laughs> i didn't realize i was fine. loading bullets in the gun for john <laughs> right now Vogel.
1: hey word island i mean well, God forbid, <laughs> you give us fuller characters and richer lives instead of one-dimensional propositions. yeah let's throw in some more the Moss bros the pious boys the sunday school teachers the insta the converts aka the reverts as you said there shannon the, min- <laughs> the mini hara- harami girls and of course the illuminantes yeah uh, michael talk to me about how they presented uh, well yeah i do want to say real, real quick about the partition 20 million people were affected by the partition and 2 million people died overall is what they estimate when that happened and look I, i'm a big fan of gandhi the movie and that leads you all the way up to the point where they liberate from the british but of course the partitions what happens afterwards which causes they reference in the movie Civil War. Now, when you're in the model United Nations, nerds, fellow nerds, you do learn about the partition. You do learn about these things because there are things you reference in speeches and conversations and debates. So model United Nations, if it's not in your school, you should definitely push them to put it in your school because you learn so much about the world that pops up randomly for 30 years later in an MCU show. So it's kind of crazy. And I love that they're giving that the proper respect, and I love that it's part of the heritage in the comic book. So, Michael, talk to me about how you felt they presented the cultural aspects of this, the mosque, the conversations that we see between Nakia and uh, and uh, Kamala, and Kamala's conversations with Kamran, and also her conversations with her family. There's, they're having these, uh, this, and the mom having to walk away because she doesn't want to talk about it. Because although Yusuf's experience was a positive one, her experience with her family wasn't. So can yeah. we talk about that? Well, I mean, you I think...
2: Well, I think I think I kind of echoing what Shannon said. I think it's great, and it is again. This is directly from the comic. I mean, reading the Miss Marvel comic, you really are just thrown into this entire family and group of friends and culture. Like you're in the mosque, you are, you know, you're you're around all of these characters, and you really do feel a little bit immersed. And I think I said this last week, but I think that what this show does so well is a it is very much a celebration of the Muslim culture, uh, of of Pakistani culture, um, of just, of just, you know, Indian culture in general. Uh, and you do get all these things, but the more specific that you get, it's less alienating than you think. Like the more specific you get about things and the more you show the reality. Um, you know, I think I said this last week, if you do a show, if you do a series, if you do, if you had one Muslim character, and only one Muslim character surrounded by a bunch of, you know, white sort of Christian, Judeo-Christian characters. That Muslim character has to carry on their back yeah. all of Muslim culture. Yeah, right. So do they wear a hijab? Do they not wear a hijab? Do they like going to the mosque? Do they not like going to the mosque? Do they support Muslim culture? Do they get frustrated with Muslim culture? And any choice they make has to be the monolithic, this is how they feel. But when you do a show like Miss Marvel, where you have a ton of characters who are Muslim, you get to actually show, kind of to Shannon's point with the girls taking pictures uh, in the back of the mosque, that they all have different perspectives. Yeah. That, you know, Nakia chooses to wear a hijab. Kamala does not wear a hijab. Like, yeah. um, Kamala's dad is very supportive of his children and like, you're in America because we want you to do anything. Kamala's mom's like, yeah, almost anything. <laughs> you know, so like, uh, Amir is very, very religious. Uh, and Taisha, his fiancee, um, you know, who is black is also very religious in a way that Kamala is not, and they live in the same family. So I think once you start seeing this specificity and just going to the festival at the end and seeing, yeah. like you guys said, all the different characters that there's like the broy Muslim characters, there's the really pious Muslim characters, like that you all of a sudden see, oh, you mean like going to a mosque? There's lots of different people that have very different opinions on their religion, just like being Jewish and just like being Christian, huh? Yeah. How about that? And it allows you to sort of really immerse in a way that, to Shannon's point, you actually do learn a lot as you're watching this. There's definitely things that I looked up. I certainly looked up Partition and learned a little bit more about it than I did um, previously. And you feel like, oh, I get these people. This is the same as what I grew up in. Like, you know, like going, going to Temple when I would like, I hated going to Hebrew class and would skip it and go stay in the restroom at the temple until my mom came to pick me up and read comic books is just like anybody that didn't want to go to like any class in any religion. So I think they're handling it great and I, I hope they keep doing it. There is a part of me that gets, this is like the cynical part of me. Mm. Every time something happens, like they have a conversation about partition, we go to the festival, I'm sitting here going, I love this. Yeah. And then because of the culture that we live in and Twitter and everything, the back of my mind is like, Fuck. And there's a bunch of people that are getting super annoyed right now and saying this is way too woke and yada, yada, yada. And I'm going to have to go on Twitter and hear this bullshit. So I I wish I didn't have that little cynical voice that is like marking all these moments and being like, oh, now people are going to get pissed about this, too. But it is what it is.
1: Well, it goes both ways, doesn't it, Michael? Because I've seen already some people saying, you know, they're portraying the Muslim culture in a way that's more... That's a lot uh more uh, how can i say the word uh, uh whitewashed not really fully whitewashed but a little uh, easier to ex- access i guess is what i'm trying to say easier to access which i think is you have to do it in that manner in the way you're presenting this story the way that you're presenting this character right if this was a darker more conflicted introspective character in Kamala, then that would be a whole different approach or Kamala rather there would be a whole different approach to how you've got the overall vibe of the show but that's not what works here so it goes both ways and people saying it's too woke and other people saying you're not going deep enough or you're not. I mean, and later, I think you're, which I understand. Yeah, and you're always going to
2: have so, that. Yeah, I think what makes Miss Marvel, you know, Miss Marvel is Miss Marvel. Yeah. I mean, the comic, the award winning comic. And I think this is where authenticity matters because not every Muslim person or gay person or Latin person or white person or male or female has the same experience. So yeah. some people have one experience with their Muslim culture and some people have another. And the creative team be- behind Miss Marvel the comic And the creative team behind Ms. Marvel, the series, are telling this version and this experience of Muslim culture, um, which is authentic. There are other versions that are darker. There are other versions that are more um, dramatic. And those are stories that can be told, too. But this is what this story is. And it's definitely more um, Muslim culture than most people who are watching a bunch of Disney Plus Marvel shows have gotten in the past.
1: Agreed, and you know it's the same thing. Like with America Ferrara, I didn't like the way they presented her fully in in Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. Other people did. In my Latino culture, you look at Ken, the Brian Gosling picture. I thought that was an overall positive thing, and then I see some uh, a, a LGBTQ commentator saying how it's a stereotypical portrayal of a person who might be bisexual. So it's just like it's you, you just got you've mm-hmm. got all you got to allow all the voices in. I imagine to hear points of views, and and what I like about this show. Is they as you said, Michael, which I think so well, is the specificity, right? We see them preparing and like we see them being the two girls who are always coming late, that old lady on the chair going no on the on the chair going up. They're <laughs> always you too late. You know, we see that connection. Uh they're wa- they're trying to wash themselves with water and then they yank out a tile or something else with a tile, which I think it might be her with her powers late in a little no, bit. No, no, no. I think that was
2: just that no, no, no. That tile that was just- breaking was just that they really need to fix up the female side of the oh, boss because yeah, that point. shit is falling apart and they need to get their shit together.
1: That's great, because that connects to what, sh- what we see later and them having the conversation, being told to keep quiet, but then saying, you know, hey, kind of her passive-aggressive shot that I can barely see you and hear you. But then yeah. they're talking about the mold <laughs> in the carpets. They're talking about these other things. And this is what encourages uh, Kamal to, to ask uh, Nokia to run for uh, the board. And Nakia is initially resistant, but then we get also this conversation with knocking in the bathroom. Where I keep referencing because I think it was a really integral part of this episode where she says, and maybe it's because of my own connection where she says, you know, uh, I was too light for some people, too yeah. ethnic for other people. That's certainly something me I've confronted as a white passing Latino my whole life. I mean, I've had people come up to me still who go, wait, you're Latino. It's just it happens. And you're just like, yeah, I, wait. So I'm not brown, super brown. But that's like those things. And so you're seeing the real specificity of the culture here and also the conversations that are happening i mean that's essentially colorism what she's talking yeah. about and so i love that they're willing to go there and then when she's campaigning at the festival and the back and forth and love that moment where with uh, with kamala's dad where she where she's like would you deny two young progressive women for a gym? <laughs> his, works on his face
2: Park so well yeah his face <laughs>
1: It's so great.
2: Like his, like oh man, I'm fucked face.
1: That's why he's the best. He was dad. so perfect. perfect. She really he really was so good. good. Yeah. His own friend Rashid's like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> so it's <laughs> it's great, um, uh, great entry into this culture and this particular mosque these particular politics within the mosque, and you wonder how this is going to play itself up because just introducing it is great. Now we got to see what Nakia's journey is going to be. And again, this is what's so great. When you have all these characters and you give them the more impetuses, their own lives yeah. in shows, people are always like, oh, there's not enough time. There's always enough time if you write it well. And certainly yeah. here you're seeing it. It's written well. It's a 51-minute episode. It was really 40 45 minutes, and there was a lot in the 45 minutes. You are, and you know, you're
2: not wrong, but like I am at this point i am yeah. equally as invested in what bruno is going to choose mm. and if nakia is going to like change the mosque and yeah. where zoe is going like you know like i i actually do care about all of these characters in this show uh as even though i'm you know miss marvel is definitely the the reason i'm the reason i'm showing up but everyone else's story is equally as fascinating to me yeah
1: Well, let's hit on one thing. This is Shannon's favorite part of the show. Let's talk about the department here of uh, the United States Department of Damage Control. Uh, You (laughs) both both started off this review defending them. Uh, We got to see them interrogate poor Zoe, who all of a sudden clammed up and couldn't talk about what happened. Uh, And then we see them showing up within like five minutes of this situation with all these cars um, at that mosque and at the at the festival and with the kid and everything like that. And then she escapes, and I think the drones
2: are those the same drones they use from that Mysterio. Have they co-opted? Oh them? yeah, they sure look okay. oh, yeah. like it. <laughs> oh yeah, the department the department totally jacked. Well, we did see them like take all the Stark tech in No Way Home. This is like That's one true. of the fun MCU things that they do. Like you yeah. know, the Department of Damage Control shows up in No Way Home, interrogates everybody, invades Stark, yeah. um, takes all the drones, and now we see that they have repurposed those drones to hunt down enhanced individuals yeah that is some cool shit and i think a hint of where the dodc could be going in the mcu I, d- I just don't
1: fear them at all shannon they're played to me like a like keystone cops and that doesn't that doesn't work for me so but you tell me why you tell me about this department do you like the way it's being portrayed do you like the way it's slowly coming along in this episode as well i mean that tri-state sweep her asking her those offensive ethnic questions i mean th- i mean what are we doing here
3: well, I think with that moment in particular, talking about the Latina Latinx yeah. uh, 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 switch there, um, I, I think that's demonstrating that character. Again, I'm not loving the that performance, mm. um, but I think that was the point is is to sort of uh, display this person's sort of uh, unlikable traits. Now, Arian uh, Moyed i like what he's doing he's kind of using the net approach with zoe so. mm-hmm. how he's kind of flattering her like what oh my gosh you know you've got i'm such a fan i bet you were just i bet you were just swarmed like he's he's using he's using honey rather than vinegar to right. to, to catch the prey but i mean i think initially it's like i don't think he thinks that she has powers i he's i think he's trying to find out like all right was this a hoax like no i think you set this up to get the likes and then the the tri-state sweep that i will agree i don't thought i don't think that was the smoothest piece of writing because it's kind of a leap to be like all right you know was she latinx was she middle eastern all right let's do the tri-state sweep let's do temples community sitters and mosques. It's like that's a little bit of a that's yeah. a little bit of a leap there, but um watching them I I think if not again, if not for Alyssa Reiner, um I thought that action sequence worked really well. Like like okay. that sort of uh flank maneuver where they, they've they got her boxed in on both sides and then watching her use her powers to be able to step over them. Um and then Alyssa Reiner she hops in the car and Alyssa Reiner goes, Well, where'd she go? She's like Okay, you're. I feel like you're not like a great agent.
1: <laughs> I don't think any of them are great agents. This is what driving me nuts. I'm <laughs> not sensing any real danger from them. I'm sensing some racism and some sexism, but I'm not sensing any real danger. And Mike, they is they mentioned Zoe might have a sister. Is this a comic books thing, or were they just kind of going out left field with a tangent? about thinking it red hair just like her sister like what, what does this I mean? Think, no I think
2: I think it's I think they knew that Miss Marvel wasn't uh white. wasn't white uh okay. but they, they he's doing the ned thing like they're kind of like getting her to admit more than she thinks she's admitting um was the way the scene was being played. I like I like the whole Asian Cleary thing. I liked him in No Way Home. Okay. I liked how he like played one way against MJ, one way against Ned, kind of like coming after Aunt May about like, you know, putting a kid in danger. I thought he was really fun. I thought he was a one-off character. So him showing up here and the Department of Damage Control becoming a bigger deal and the fact that they're using the Stark tech that they took from No Way Home, like I mentioned, I think it's all really interesting. As far as the racist stuff, they're very much setting up that Agent Cleary, as much as he is better at his job than Agent Deaver is, um, is also not a racist. Right. Like he kind of tells her to be more sensitive. He looks Agent more Deaver
1: uncomfortable when she's going in. On yeah, the land, he's but.
2: very he's very specifically uncomfortable when she's kind of going down a certain road and says like the oh I should be saying Latinx now right? And he tells her to be you know sensitive when she goes to the mosque. So I think they're setting her up to be more of an out and out racist and setting up him to be less of one. Yeah, um, where that all goes, I don't know. But look, I think there's a couple interesting possibilities. One, um, there's already people on Twitter that are pretty sure that Agent Cleary is a scroll. Mm. maybe maybe not we'll see but uh the the department of damage control if i was going to invade earth is definitely a place where i would insert some people so as we like lead the secret invasion and see how widespread it is you know he he does say pretty quickly in no way home that uh agent uh that that um nick fury has been off planet for a while and we know that nick fury is with a bunch of scrolls so possibility there but the other thing is in marvel comics in the past couple years um They did do this whole, uh, it was called Kamala's Law, actually, Um, but it was a whole law that the government passed that outlawed teenage superheroes.
1: Oh, wow. Where
2: they were going after anyone who was an underage superhero and arresting them because it was unsafe for teens to be putting themselves in danger. So as we see see the Department of Damage Control show up in No Way Home with a group of kids who are just in their senior year of high school, seeing them showing up here... Um, In Miss Marvel, and knowing that we have a checklist of teenage superheroes that are all coming down the pipe, I do think the Department of Damage Control is maybe being set up to be a bigger sort of government foil for teenage superheroes. And Johnny, to your point about level of danger, I think because we're in the Disney Plus zone and because we're dealing with teenage superheroes, I do think you need a governmental heavy force that is dangerous but maybe not as threatening and dark as you would, if you had him going after a bunch of adult heroes,
1: a little more touchy feely, you might say a little bit. I I can understand that. And I get that. I get that. Maybe that's, but it's still a concern of mine. I, I think there's a better way to do what they're doing, and I'm just not – I can't quite 100% put my finger on the reason, but it just doesn't – it just kind of throws off the rhythm of the show for me whenever we have any of those scenes, and I I don't know if there's anything – and I'm not blaming the actors like Shannon. I'm just more matter Like, I don't know <laughs> I don't know necessarily where – what my feeling with it is overall. But maybe that will, like, you know, change as, as the series goes along, and I'm going to be more – invested in what's happening because i'm invested like you said michael earlier i'm invested in everybody now in yeah. their separate journeys in their lives and their connections with kamala i'm not sure if i'm uh um connected 100 with with uh, the dodc uh for sure all right any final words i think we've talked about everything i think i missed anything you guys want to bring up that i haven't talked about uh, shannon
3: uh, yeah there was one sequence that that we didn't that we didn't talk about okay. but um when uh kamala gets back from her sort of pseudo date oh. with uh, kamran and the oh, and yes. then he kissed Damn me it. sequence yes so i mean again i think that that just sort of encapsulates what the series is as a whole and it's just so much fun i mean the fact that you know it's um, wasn't it in dirty dancing as well and then he kissed me Adventures um, in Babysitting. Well, Adventures in Babysitting, that, yeah, the right, opening. That's a different story, right? right, right, right. Cuz that's
1: Be My Baby. This that was then he kissed me, right? This is very um, much
2: the opening of Adventures in Babysitting.
1: Yes.
3: I mean, so, you know, so much fun. And, you know, they they released the numbers that I guess the premiere of uh Miss Marvel was the lowest in terms of numbers, mm-hmm. but I feel like this is a show someone had mentioned when The Marvels comes out, which is, you know, is next year, that people are going to race to watch miss marvel but also i think this is this is a new hero some people might not be as familiar Uh, i think this show even though it didn't have the biggest uh splash i think it's going to i think this is going to be one of those shows that just builds that people it is just going to build and build and build because you can't deny the quality that is being presented right now
1: right right and the thing is at the end of the day also um we've got a lot people are consuming a lot and so some things are going to suffer in comparison it does not mean they're somehow lower of quality or they're not still as damn good it's just a lot like they announced a wonder man series i bet it's eight tenths of the people in this country don't know who the hell wonder man is and so how what those what are those numbers going to be like so it's just like it's just but they have to expand the universe to bring these new characters in and so this comparison stuff i think you have to throw in a bunch of more factors other than straight comparison yeah. uh, with everything like this. So, um, Michael, final words on this episode or anything we missed? And, and thanks yeah. for bringing that up, Shannon. I'm, I apologize for missing that. That was a great scene. You
2: no, know, I do think, and I think, like, just using that scene as an Like, they're continuing to do great stuff like that. Like, this is a show where you can go into a musical sequence where, uh, you know, Kamala's texting and it's still, like, showing up on the bed behind her. Like, they're doing yeah. all of these really kind of cool, fun visual things that shows us that this is a show that's really much uh, very much coming from Kamala's point of view Kamala's mind how Kamala sees the world and I think that that's really important and I think Shannon's right I think that this is a show because of everything we said because this isn't just a gotta watch this to check off the box to get to the next Marvel thing. This is a show that really has its own point of view, its own world, its own characters, and everyone is just doing A-plus work, with the exception of maybe one or two agents, if you're Shannon McClough. Um, just one. Just, just one. one. But, um, but you know, so I think, I think that, you know, some Marvel shows you watch through because you want to watch and see what happens, and you get to the end, and you're yeah. like, okay, that was cool. I don't know that I'm going to go back to that one. I've already rewatched WandaVision like 4 times. Wow. I've watched I watched, you know, just over the course of like, oh, I'm going to pop WandaVision back on. Like it's yeah. a very rewatchable show just because stylistically it's so cool. Yeah. Um Hawkeye is something I'm probably going to like throw on every Christmas and just rewatch it because yeah. it's got that Christmas vibe. Oh Miss Marvel, you can I can already tell if it maintains the quality that it's maintaining currently the characters are so interesting, it's so funny, it's so charming, it's so visually interesting that you can rewatch this. It's very, very rewatchable. And so then, like we said, seeing these characters then graduate up into the Marvel universe, if everything works the way it's supposed to work, this is how the Disney Plus shows are supposed to work for Marvel. We're supposed to love the series and then get excited when we see any of these characters on the big screen. Yeah. And,
1: And shout out to the director here, Mira Menon, who did this one uh and of course bisha k ali and uh, kate gritman wrote on this one and bisha k ali of course is the creator so shout out to uh, uh everybody involved here for bringing such a wonderful episode and and maybe we're maybe we're one viral moment from an episode away for from everybody now getting involved and in wanting to watch the series yeah. and the numbers might skyrocket you never know how these things uh work out and we'll see certainly as we go into episode three next week all right well there you go my final words are this i'm having a blast this is such a fun show And it's such a nice breath of fresh air from what we've been getting lately. I don't feel conflicted liking the show. I don't feel like I've got to defend the show. I actually enjoy it. And that's a nice bit of kind of uh, that i feel when i'm watching the show and i think they're bringing a lot of vibrancy to the mcu that's been kind of missing lately and so i am very excited to see what more we're going to get as we as we go along with this series so um all right well thanks everybody for watching this spoiler review episode of ms marvel episode two crushed here from the geek buddies we appreciate madly whether you're listening to us or watching us here on the outlaw
3: nation channel uh shannon what do we have to tell yeah, I'd like to follow us on social media. On Twitter, it's at Geek Underscore Buddies. On Instagram, at The Underscore Geek Underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon Underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roka, it is at the Roca Says. Mikey?
2: Well, if you enjoyed listening to this review and you are not part of the Department of D- Damage Control, then we would <laughs> like you to continue listening to the Geek Buddies. Uh, and here's what you can do to help us continue doing what we are doing. You can hit that like button below, subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page, check out all the amazing content he's got. He's very, very busy today. He's already told us he's going to have a hell of a day. He's got to record a lot of things. Um, leave your comments below. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Like, where do you think it's going great? What are you missing out on? What do you want to see more of? If you're a fan of the comics, uh, do you think they're nailing it? Do you think they're off base? Let us know below. If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcast or available. Leave us some stars and some comments. It helps us go up in the rankings. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, send it to your friends, tell them to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies. Let's get this thing going. Let's get some more people in here. Let's have a party.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. And of course, big thank you to Carbon Health, who continues to power and sponsor us as we were doing the show. They sent me some new talking points. They apparently have one hundred and twenty five locations now nationwide and 80 locations in California alone. They have urgent care needs at all the locations. As we said, COVID testing is happening that you can pick up antigen testing kits in the clinic themselves. Primary care is available at many of the California clinics. And like we said before, they believe that healthcare should always be convenient and accessible. If you're working from home, you can make an appointment with a local clinic or get virtual care for yourself. And healthcare goals and needs can change, and they are very flexible at doing at helping you uh, establish a new healthcare system for yourself, a new healthcare plan as well. And that's what they believe in. And we like to partner with them because Carbon Health genuinely cares about positive communities who engage with each other over the love of culture and expressions of life. And just because I read them doesn't mean I don't believe these words. I've had nothing but positive experience with Carbon Health. They are so fantastic. Continue to sponsor us and the positive energy we put out when we talk about the things we talk about here on the Geek Buddy. So go and support them as Shannon did. Go and visit them as Shannon did uh, and give them some love and Tell them the Geek buddy sent you as well. And one last thing, happy Father's Day to those of you who are watching uh, with us uh, uh, here on this Sunday. If you're watching this on the Sunday and if you're watching it later, still happy Father's Day. And especially shout out to Yusuf, who's one of the best
2: fathers I've seen in the MCU
1: <laughs> uh, for sure. So, all
2: right. I mean, yeah. I mean, in, a, in, a, in a world where most of the characters have yeah. father issues. Huge father issues. Huge father issues. He might be the MVP dad of the Marvel universe. I'm trying to think through right now if there's anyone, but like, yeah, no, certainly not Howard Stark.
1: Well, maybe the moment in the elevator, the hugging with
2: Tony. It's a nice and- moment, but Howard <laughs> Stark, I'm not going to give him any awards for best dad of the world. Um, I'm <laughs> thinking, yeah, I think you're right. Hey, way to go, Yusuf. Happy Father's Day to you.
1: Shout out to you, Yusuf. All right, we're out of here. Y'all take care of yourselves, be well, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new spoiler review episode here from The Geek. Bodies.
3: <gasps> hey.